Hey, Logan and Ray. This is Yohai, the guy who's always bugging you about stuff on the internet. Anyways, um, I love the podcast. I especially love the whole back and forth, quote unquote, conversation. It reminds me of email a little bit. You know, you get to kind of think things through. Anyways, um, I wanted to request that you guys do an episode on kobolds. Kobolds. Kobold? I don't know how to pronounce it. Sounds Slavic. Anyways, um, yeah, they seem pretty cool. So you should do a whole whole thing about them because they're rife with uh, interesting source material. All right, bye. Thank you so much for your request, Yochai. Kobold is a great suggestion. First, I think we need to establish which kobolds we're talking about because... The original kobolds, the ones before Dungeons and Dragons, were house elves. They were tiny people that would help out or cause trouble in your household, depending on how you treated them. The kobolds I think you mean are small, scaly lizard servants of dragons, and actually a lot more interesting. The kobolds in the Monster Manual are probably the first thing of their kind that I'd ever seen. I was trying to think of other places I might have seen them, and the one that comes to mind is the land of the lost, because the Schleestacks are very cobbled-like. I've never had kobolds in any of my games. I don't think that's any fault of the creature. (laughs) They're pretty cool, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I did read a novel that was fairly entertaining. It was called Wren of Atikola, and it was about a kobold hero. What about you, Ray? Kobolds in your life? Oh, Logan. You're killing me. Really? Sleestacks as kobolds? <laughs> I love the Sleestacks. They creeped me the hell out when I was a kid. I would have never associated them with kobolds, but I guess I get it, uh, especially if you shrunk them down to about two or three feet tall. The original Monster Manual, the 1977 uh, edition of the uh, AD&D Monster Manual, was a little confused about what a kobold actually was. They are pictured as scaly, but with like a dog face and pointy elven ears. So it's kind of strange. And uh, here's their description. The height of kobolds runs from very dark rusty brown to a rusty black. They have no hair. Their eyes are reddish and their small horns are tanned to white. They favor red or orange garb. Kobolds live for up to 135 years. And here's a couple other uh, bits. They speak goblin and orcish 75% of the time. All of their shields are wood or wickerwork. In their lair, they are prone to having two to five wild boars or one to four giant weasels as guards. (laughs) And uh, they hate most other life, delighting in killing and torture. They particularly hate such creatures as brownies, pixies, sprites, and gnomes. They war continually with the latter and will attack them on sight. So what I mean by confused here is there's no mention of them being servitors of dragons. There's no mention of them being reptilian. That really comes from the drawing. And, well, I suppose their their mention of their hide being brown or, or black. I don't know. They just sound more... They sound more mammalian than reptilian to me in the description. Uh, I feel like it's... A discrepancy that they hate all other other life, but they have 
natural shields and they live with weasels and boars in their lair. It seems a little strange and that they're enemies of gnomes and, uh, you know, they, they basically live in forests. Um, they're, they're communal, tribal. I don't know. It's just it's really weird. So I actually like how they grew the kobold over time into something more distinctive and something more, uh, you know, of the D&D brand. Uh, kobolds have spread out to other fantasy adventure games, but honestly all of those games pretty much steal their kobolds from D&D because uh, Gygax or whoever developed this monster, you know, is the one that made it into what it is today. As you say, it's nothing like the uh, origin story for kobolds at all. Yeah, Schleestax was probably a stretch. (laughs) But that perfectly illustrates your point. There's nothing quite like the D&D kobold. The cool thing about them is that they've been refined over time and they really are quite well expressed now in more current editions and a lot of people feel like they know exactly what they are. I think I would lean heavily on three aspects of the Kobold canon. They are tunnelers, they love to trap things, and their magic users. I love the idea that what looks like a quaint little valley from the outside world could be hiding a huge city, a network of tunnels and living arrangements that have been there for a long time, have been built up in such a way that it's a metropolis for for them. I think it would be fun to set a party in a small town that then caved in and fell into a pocket that led into this huge city of kobolds. Maybe they're trying to expand their territory. They find the humans a threat, even though they're such a small town kind of thing. And so they decide to just bury them and move on. Now you have the party and whatever survivors are left from the town that fell in with them trying to escape from the cobalt tunnels and they're trapped. Everything is trapped and they've got magic users that are showing up and casting all sorts of spells on them and because they're tunnelers they can pop out of anywhere. It becomes sort of a bug hunt situation like starship troopers or aliens and it's just this nightmare situation for the party. What sort of ideas do you have for using kobolds in a game? I have two thoughts, actually. The first one has to do with the older form of kobold, the one you mentioned at the top of the show as a house elf. And, you know, the only person that I can think of in literature that's done that well in the last 30 years is J.K. Rowling, the house elf Dobby was an excellent character in that series. A nuisance, yes. Um, A bit of comic relief, of course, but also um, a character that you come to care about quite a bit. So that would be an interesting way to use kobolds if you weren't going to go with the classic D&D kobolds. My other thought is that, um, and this really 
plays into my variant, which I may go right into that, is to do a take on kobolds that is more like a chameleon, which means that they would have, uh, you know, the ability to change their, uh, what do they call them, chromatospores, the this skin cells that you can change color um, so they can hide really well. They probably live in forests. I give them a prehensile tail so they can hang from trees. And I would equip them with blow guns and darts and things like that so that they could harass uh, a, a party of characters from high perches in a tree and uh, then just either change their color to hide or uh, run away so that it'd be very hard to attack them directly. And it would be a, a great tactic for small folk like that who want to guard a, a specific terrain. Perhaps they are in league with a green dragon because, as we know, in D&D, kobolds and dragons go together like peanut butter and chocolate. So I think that would be a really cool way to use them. Uh, and in fact, so let me just go ahead and say my variant is going to be uh, Chameleon Kobold. And uh, the moves would be to snap up a small object with a quick tongue. So you could give him that shooting Chameleon tongue and uh, use it to uh, snatch something that the PCs are trying to uh, hold on to or value. Um, hide in plain sight, of course, because of their camouflage and strike from a high perch, as I described earlier. And just for color, I would probably give them those independently operating eye turrets uh, so they could look in two different directions at once. And I don't know if that's a move. I, I suppose it is. Look in two different directions at once. I'll, I'll put that in as a move because that might come in handy as well. It'd be very hard for things to sneak up on them. Uh, yeah, so those are my kobolds, essentially chameleon folk. I think I'll call them kobillions. <laughs> Do you have a variant to talk about, Logan? Kobillions. <laughs> I love it. Mine is my attempt to imagine a group of kobold champions, the exalted knights of Kormoleg. The elite fighting force of the Kobold capital city of Kormoleg are known as the Exalted Knights, and considerable resources and efforts go into outfitting and maintaining them. Each wears armor that is warded against magical attacks. Each has bonded with a dire badger mount, and their gear fits together in a way that allows the rider to maintain a seat while tunneling. Lastly, each knight wields a flaming short sword that may continue to do damage if the wound is not doused or smothered. The knights themselves are committed warriors with years of intense training. Several of them are adept in the arcane arts and will cast battle magic if allowed the time. Instinct. Defend the realm. Moves. Surprise them with a simple spell. Crash in or out of a prepared tunnel. Use a sword to catch something on fire. The armored dire badgers of Kor Molig serve as mounts for a powerful kobold fighting force. They are the epitome of harnessed rage. Instinct, shred the enemies of my rider. Moves, send them scrambling back with a snarl. Tear away armor. Hey Logan and Ray, uh, it's Yohai. So you guys asked me to explain why I wanted you to talk about kobolds. Um, well, for one thing, I think a lot of people don't realize that kobolds have a totally different history than they do in D&D. &D. Um, they trace back to German folklore where they were trickster spirits that lived in your house or on ships or in mines, but they weren't always bad. 
Um, but they were known for their traps, and I think that's kind of where they got the the cobalt lizard people who are enslaved to dragons kind of motif. Um, anyways, one thing that I like about kobolds is that you can use their intelligence and organization as a um, another impediment to the PCs as they are traversing a mine or dungeon. I've done that quite a few times in the past. Um, the one story that I thought might be interesting to you guys is um, the PCs were sort of walking by this uh, massive mountain, and I don't remember what happened, but for some reason they got into a fight by a bunch of kobolds that were sort of patrolling the territory, um, and they decided to investigate, and they went deep inside the mountain and found this massive mechanism that they then, of course, tripped, uh, which released an ancient evil, and in the process they found out that the kobolds were actually trying to protect this mechanism, which itself was a dwarven prison meant to keep some ancient evil inside, so the PCs had to then go work with the kobolds to try to reverse what they did. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of great um, story elements there that came natural to the story because kobolds are group-oriented and sacrificial and intelligent. And, um, yeah, if you kind of pivot a bit how you present kobolds as not goblin-like sort of mindless creatures, but as intelligent and, um, above all, creatures who have a plan and a mission and are trying to serve that mission. You know, it could be just to serve some dragon god or whatever, but I find it more interesting to sort of posit them as good creatures that are misunderstood. And, uh, yeah, I think that's not particularly original or anything, but uh, that is what I like to do with kobolds. I hope that, you know, is useful to you somehow. Bye. I like it. Then again, I'm a sucker for the monster is good scenarios. I want to thank Yochai Gall for his excellent suggestion and insights, and also Derek Howard for creating our theme song. If you want to get a hold of us, you can call us through the Anchor app, or you can send us a message to monsterbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Thank <laughs> you.